the devil was still asleep. Sarah Hamilton squeezed closer to the stagecoach window. The farmer next to her grunted, shifting his considerable weight to take over the small space she'd made between them. The movement set yet another fetid blast of yesterday's fish and sweat her way. She glanced again at the man seated across from her. Even in sleep, his long, pale face and high-bridged nose were arrogant. She shivered, remembering his icy blue eyes when he'd climbed aboard the stagecoach in London. He looked just like the picture of Satan in her father's copy of Paradise Lost. This, she felt certain, was her first specimen of the British ton, a lazy, useless, drunken, conceited, womanizing, degenerate product of years of inbreeding. She swallowed. Her uncle was an earl, for God's sake. What if he were as cold as this fellow? The coach lurched around a corner and clattered into an inn-yard. Sarah bounced off her neighbor's ample thigh and cracked her elbow sharply on the wooden panel beneath the stagecoach window. Mm! She shut her lips tightly, but it was too late. She'd woken the sleeping man. Anger flickered in his cold blue eyes. He glared at her, his hard gaze traveling slowly from the wisp of red hair she felt straggling across her forehead down to her dowdy, colorless dress. His upper lip crooked into a sneer. She wanted to vanish into the upholstery. Even the fat farmer held his breath. Fortunately, the coach door swung open at that moment. Green man, the coachman shouted. Best get out and stretch your legs. The man gave Sarah one last glare, then shrugged and turned to push past the coachman. Sarah's seatmate exhaled a long breath that echoed her own. They watched the man saunter across the inn-yard and disappear inside the building. Thank God, the farmer muttered. He squeezed his bulk through the coach door. Sarah inched across the bench after him. She'd been sitting all the way from Liverpool, and her hips and knees felt as if they would never straighten again. When the coachman offered his hand, she took it gladly. She staggered as her feet touched the cobblestones. You're right, miss. Small brown eyes, warm with concern, peered at her from under thick, graying brows. Yes, thank you, I'm fine. She released her grip on his hand and reached into her reticule, bringing out two coins. They vanished between his beefy fingers. I expect someone's coming to meet ye, he asked, pocketing the money. Sarah looked down and fiddled with the strings on her reticule. I have relatives nearby. That's good. He touched the brim of his hat. Well then, good night, miss. He leaned closer, saying in a low voice, I'd steer clear of that cove you was riding with, the swell that is. Sarah nodded. I certainly intend to. The fat bloke, he stinks of fish. But the swell, the man shook his head. He stinks of evil. I quite agree. I do hope I never see the man again. She smiled at the coachman and turned toward the inn. It was a sturdy, welcoming building. Light and sound spilled out from its windows. She heard the clatter of mugs and silverware, the raucous laughter of men in the common room. The scent of ale and roasting meat drifted past her, but her stomach rebelled. She was too tired to eat. All she wanted was a room with a bed. The innkeeper pushed back his greasy hair as she approached the front desk. His lips squeezed together as he examined her wrinkled dress and crushed bonnet.
He could not have looked sourer if he had chewed a barrel full of lemons. Sarah sighed and straightened her shoulders. I need a room for the night, please. Got no rooms? You must have something. She swallowed and took a deep breath. She could not appear on her uncle's doorstep at night, exhausted and filthy. I'll be gone in the morning. I'm visiting my uncle, the Earl of Westbrook. The man snorted. Your uncle's the Earl? And mine's Prinny himself.